Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, all of our listeners, to Dairyland Talk. I'm Brandon, along with Gage and Adam. Uh, last week, we discussed the disastrous season finale uh, against the Detroit Lions. Adam did not get the way in on that, so I'll go ahead and let him share his thoughts real quick if he wants to vent for a little, and then yeah. we'll get into the coaching and uh, off-season talk. Yeah, that was – I don't know how, how exactly you guys felt, but for me that was the most embarrassing loss that I've witnessed as a Packers fan. I mean, we knew it's been a rough year, but to, still to go out that way, we talked about how we had – the Packers had to finish the season strong, you know, to at least go into next season on a good note, enter the offseason with a couple wins uh, towards the end. But to throw up a game like that at home against Detroit, who is now 4-0 and against the Packers in the last two years – I mean, that, that's got to blow everybody's mind in this generation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty much just abysmal. Yeah, and it's a good thing that's the last game of the season in my eyes because going going anywhere else from there just would have made it all the worse. So it's good now that it's over, can enter the offseason, and kind of put it by them. And last week, of course, Gage and I also touched on our top three coaching candidates. Since then, there have been some interviews. Gage and I were both. Both agreed on Josh McDaniels as well as Pete Carmichael Jr. Um, Adam, do you want to give your top three candidates and kind of uh, how you've um, thought about the coaching process so far and their interview approach? Well, my we talked about it a couple podcasts ago. I, I'm still with Josh McDaniels as my number one, and really, I don't I don't want to go past there because if, if I'm the Packers, I'm I'm going full force at him, and understandably so. You have to have others on the list. But in in my eyes, it should be Josh McDaniels or bust because I've seen reports that for him, it's either he wants Green Bay or he's going to stay in New England. And that's conflicting because I heard I heard a lot about him wanting to go to the Browns. But this morning I saw that that's where his mind's at right now. So for me, it's it's just Josh McDaniels, Um, Adam Geese with that interview. I don't mind it. I, I think he's got a lot of potential as a head coach. I just think he was dealt a rough hand in Miami. He did get them to the playoffs that one year. They got scraped by Pittsburgh, but you know those two those two guys really opened my eyes the most. But McDaniel's is my number one, and really the only one that I would want to see. 
And then, of course, after Gage and I discussed, we were questioning why Pete Carmichael Jr. had not gotten an interview request yet. He, of course, did later on. Gage, how pumped were you to see that? And what do you give? What do you think his chances are of being a legitimate candidate for the Packers? Um, I was very excited. Uh, I was working, and when I got that notification on my phone, and I was uh, standing there celebrating to myself because uh, it was because not only for me, like not only for me, but also for uh, Carmichael, because Carmichael's been with the Saints for near right around a little over a decade, I'm pretty sure, and uh, they've consistently had a top offense. I also like the fact that he knows how to use multiple running backs, which is something that I think the team needs to go to. I think Aaron Jones needs to be the lead guy, but um, I'm not I'm not opposed to using Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, is uh, when he's been given proper opportunity and the ability to succeed, he does well. So, um, I, so I just think that Carmichael has a really good mind to – come to this team and McDaniels is McDaniels is similar in that aspect um I feel like the Packers will be a little bit more of an air-based team than if Carmichael comes because I feel like the Saints have gradually moved towards more of a run-heavy team which is not a bad thing as evidenced by the fact that they've been one of the arguably the best team in the NFL over the last two years so um I was very excited to see that and I think that I like seeing that the Packers unlike some of the other teams in the league are getting kind of their pick of the pick of the litter which was expected with Rodgers under the with Rodgers under center you knew that they were going to be one like they were going to be the top contender to land all of the top coaches and it wouldn't be surprising to see some guys possibly stick in their current positions if they don't get the Packers job like rather than taking something else and maybe waiting another year to see um what develops cuz I know um like there's Zach Taylor uh he I'm I haven't heard much about him getting an interview yet, but uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see at least somebody talk to him. Um, he has no reason to leave. Uh, he's in a great situation there. Carmichael, same thing. There's, he hasn't left in 10 years, but he has a really good gig. So um, it'll be, so it's going to be interesting to see how these next few weeks play out. Obviously, they're going to have to wait a little bit to interview uh, Carmichael. So it's just I'm just excited to see where uh, every, like all these top guys coming in and just seeing which one they go with. And Adam, are you a fan of the Packers possibly picking from the Saints coaching tree? They're interviewing Carmichael today. They're also interviewing tight ends coach Dan Campbell. What do you think of those two candidates, and what do you think they bring to the table as far as being understudies to Sean Payton for a number of years? Oh, I love it. And that's just like my main drive with McDaniels is the fact that he's been under Belichick for so many years. It's the same thing. If you you can take any coaches from – a coaching tree like Sean Payton or Belichick or back in the day, like, you know, Parcells, anybody like that, you know, I, w- I would love to see what they can bring to the table. Um, and, and I know, like I said, McDaniels is the only, only one that I'd want to see there, but it wouldn't be bad to see Carmichael there because like you said, Aaron Jones would be able to get more going Williams. I, really. I just think any single one of them would open up the playbook more. And that's what we've been wanting to see McDaniels. He would bring a whole new offense because obviously what we've seen him do in New England, it would just be good to see anybody from, you know, coming from a team with a coach of a pedigree like a Peyton or a Belichick. Yeah, and I agree with that. I love the idea of going with a Saints guy just because of how they've implemented their running backs. I see a lot of similarities between Aaron Jones and Kamara. Um, and there it could be a similar one-two punch. Uh, you got Ingram and Kamara, and then you have Williams and Jones 
Williams is more of that power back, similar to Ingram. I think that would be really cool to see the Packers really, really emphasize getting them the ball, um, not just as runners, but also as uh, receivers out of the backfield. Now, of course, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journey Sentinel also leaked yesterday that the Packers are going to interview Adam Gase uh, tomorrow, I believe. Um, he was just let go by the Miami Dolphins, but I do think he's a legitimate candidate. He gets a lot of credit for being a quarterback whisperer, whatever you call it. Um, didn't have a ton of success with Jay Cutler or Ryan Tannehill. Um, but if he can get along with Aaron Rodgers and, and kind of create a vision that Mark Murphy and Gutekunst can believe in, he will definitely be a, a hard guy to, to pass up. Um, my one drawback with him is that he hasn't really done great against the New England Patriots. They haven't won the division uh, under Gase. Um, so that's kind of his one black on his resume, but I'm not ruling him out as a legitimate candidate. Uh, do you guys think Gase has a, a real shot at, at winning over the Packers front office? Um, um, I, I, I'll go, I'll, I'll go. I think he's got a shot at it. Um, however, I think that dude, like, like uh, Adam mentioned earlier, he was kind of dealt a rough hand uh, in Miami with uh, just a not never really having a cohesive team. Um, you had Ryan Tannehill, couldn't ever stay healthy. Um, you mentioned that he had Jay Cutler, which that was an experience um, in itself. But like Tannehill is the is been the typical prototype prototypical. This guy has all the potential in the world, but he just hasn't been successful. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of people saying that the Dolphins are very likely to draft a quarterback this offseason to kind of replace Daniel just because he's not the guy. I don't think that that was Adam Gase's fault. Um, the team, when Tan like when Tannehill was right and when the team was right, they did really well. And uh, you saw that in two of the three – so Gase was the OC for two years – um, in Denver, and the team was first in yards for one year, first in points for another year, fourth in points the second year, and second in yards the next year. So he knows how to develop a good offense, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of step back this this season, maybe take an offensive coordinator job somewhere, and then kind of build his resume back up. That's not to say that I don't think he can be a head coach. I think there, there are a number of openings that it's very possible for him to end up somewhere. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him take one step back and then kind of jump back into it. We've seen coaches do it all the time. And I think that if he can go to the right situation for him, he could very easily do something like that. Yeah, no. I just don't I, know if that spot. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, he, he was dealt the rough hand, like you said also. Um, he's got all the potential in the world, though. He he took these, I, I don't want to say mediocre Dolphin teams, but I mean, they didn't have the best talent all the time. He, he snuck them into the playoffs. And if you remember back, that was probably. Um, did we just lose oh. Adam? Oh, yeah, I think we might have just lost Adam. Um, so Brandon, you want to go ahead and continue with what, uh, with what he was going with there? Yeah. I mean, he did sneak them into the playoffs in, uh, 2016, I believe. Yeah. Um, Adam, are you back? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah go you ahead. Cut out there for a second. Go ahead and continue. Uh, you cut out really early in what you were saying. 
all about you guys just put out on me. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, Brandon, go ahead and continue. All righty. Yeah. Like we were saying, Adam Gase is being interviewed, legitimate candidate, quarterback whisperer, so to speak. Um, maybe might have to take a, a a season off as a head coach, work his way back from as being an offensive coordinator. Um, there's plenty of openings for that around the league with all the head coaches, uh, you know, uh, turnover going on right now. Um, and after the Packers do find their head coach, it's starting to feel like it's going to take a few weeks. Um, nothing can really be finalized with these candidates they're currently looking at besides Gates because a lot of these guys are in the playoffs and will have to wait until their teams are eliminated um, for uh, an official agreement to, to get done. Um, are you are you on board with having to wait this long, Gage, or would you rather see um, them go ahead and take a guy who's open and available like Gase or Matt LaFleur if his team's in, uh, out early? Um, um. I'm completely okay with uh, with having to wait. Um, I know that there's going to be a lot of fans that are uh, going to be impatient, and I know um, everybody wants to see the new head coach put in place and get everything started going. But at the end of the day, if it's going to come down to you either get the right guy if you wait an extra week or you get a wrong guy and you're in the tank for two years, like which if you if you want to rush it that's that's on you and if it ends up if it ends up working out great but i would personally i would always rather wait and make sure that it's the right fit get the right guy like say they come to say they interview um pete carmichael next week like they interviewed mcdaniels yesterday and we'll get some more news about that a little later on but they interviewed mcdaniels yesterday and they're like okay and then they interview uh they interview Carmichael whenever they interview him, and they're like, this is the guy. They just have to wait until the playoffs are over or until the Saints are out. They will wait until the Saints are out and then go with him. So I'm okay with waiting till, to make sure that it's the right guy with the right fit and everything like that. That's me. That's how I am. Adam, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I, like you said, I cut out early. So just about Gase, you know, he, he has all the potential. There are just the red flags about him. And I totally agree with waiting. I mean, you don't want to rush this whatsoever. Rodgers only has so many years left in this window to get it to another Super Bowl. You have to get this right. So if that means taking it until even the Super Bowl is over, by all means. But that that may come with a risk of watching some guys take other jobs. But even still, you, you need to have the right fit or else it's just going to be a coaching cycle from here. So you get the right guy now, take your time, see what they all have, and you pick the best one, whether it's Gase, Carmichael, McDaniels, whoever they feel is the best, just they have to be sure about it. Right, and, and really the only candidates they could they could take right now are the Gases, um, you know, that are out there. Guys like uh, De Filippo, who's not even really getting that much buzz after getting fired, um, but you know, they, there may be a, a time and a place for him to to get his name called. He'll probably have to could work his way back up as an offensive coordinator somewhere. Um, but after the Packers make that head coaching search, uh, you know, they, they finalize that whole, that whole process. We will see them transition into their roster. We'll, we will focus on their roster building. Uh, in February, they're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions on whether or not to bring some guys back. Um, and then after that, we will look at free agency and as well as the draft. Um, but let's just quickly... 
uh, look at our top positional needs as we enter the offseason. For me, I'm definitely looking for an edge rusher, um, a slot receiver, and as well as a safety who um, is a, more of a hybrid build, um, can, can be a thumper as well as a, a sideline-to-sideline uh, coverage guy. Um, Gage, go ahead and give your top three, and then we'll go to Adam. Um, for me, definitely the top one has got to be an edge rusher. Uh, this just they need to have somebody on the edge who can bring a more like more consistent pressure. Uh, Matthews was that guy for a long time. He's just not anymore. Um, even Kyler Fackrell, who had ten and a half sacks this year, wasn't like isn't that guy. Um, then uh, so, and then you all, and especially with the free agents and the draft that's available this year, they got to hit it. Uh, then next for me is a uh, offensive is right guard, uh, whether that's and if they end up kicking Bulaga into guard, uh, that that's something I've heard is possible. Not a guarantee, but it could happen. And if that ends up being the solution, then obviously you need a right tackle. So basically, just solidify that side of the offensive line because the left side over to the center is good. Lane Taylor's had a bad couple of years, but I think that he can bounce back if he gets healthy. Um, and then. Finally, I want to see – I need – like there needs to be a safety. Like Williams is not the answer. Kenshaw Bryce is definitely not the answer. They need someone back there uh, that can solidify that back line because you got your corners, Alexander, and hopefully they bring back Breland because he was he was great when he was out there. Um, it was kind of a limited – he had limited snaps because of injuries, but I really hope they bring him back. Um so the corners are pretty well set. There's a, the linebackers are in a good spot. The defensive line's in a great spot. So it's all about you got to get the safety set. You got to get you got to get the safety edge rusher and the offense and solidify the right side of the offensive line. I think you're in a good spot. Yeah, I totally agree. My my number one is an edge rusher. They need someone to come in right away, like Clay Matthews did when he was first drafted and just absolutely wreak havoc on offenses. And look what happened after that, a Super Bowl run and a Super Bowl win. So they need to find an edge rusher that's going to bring some more energy to the box. You know, you have Jair and Tony Brown bringing it to the secondary. You need someone to get everybody playing inside the box going. I agree with offensive linemen as number two, 100%. You need to keep Rodgers protected. The right side has been a mess for the last couple of years now. They they need someone to come in long term. You know we haven't seen Cole Madison since he was drafted. He's dealing with things off the field, so you just need to find someone that's going to come in and play there. Uh, third safety, I agree with. I, I'm pretty much with Gage on that. Um, Draymond isn't the answer. They need somebody young. I like Josh Jones, except for the fact that you know he can't cover like you're supposed to. So they need to find someone that can play some covered defense up in the secondary while hitting like Jones. If they can find a safety like that. That's a dream scenario. Either way, just those are the, my three spots, and I think they're looking at a, a pretty solid next season. Yeah, I agree on, on the Williams take. I think he played entirely too many snaps this year. He, he's, he's too old to be playing You know, 50, 50 snaps a game. is just too much for him, especially since he transitioned to safety. It's a lot more... Um, well, it's probably a little easier for him, a little easier on his on his legs. But then again, there's a, a more of an emphasis on him being able to be a, a stopgap in as far as the run. Um, he he has he's done a great job staying healthy over his career. Uh, 
but I, he's just not a guy who I think can, you know, take the physical toll that it is to be a safety and to be a, a factor against the run. Um, so I think, yeah, we're all in agreement with the edge rusher. Kyler Fackrell is not going to be the, the long-term answer more than likely, even though he's been great this year. Um, he's going to have to uh, string together a, a few more seasons like this for me to be a, a big-time believer in him. Uh, and outside of that, there's Nick Perry, Reggie Gilbert. Uh, you know, Nick Perry hurt this year. Reggie Gilbert was had a really quiet year after a pretty good training camp and preseason. Um, but we'll go ahead and wrap this up and get into more later on this week did you guys want to go ahead and give some playoff predictions for today's games and who you see uh for me personally i'm going to take the texans over the colts um seattle over the cowboys uh chargers over baltimore and i'm going to take the bears over the uh eagles even though i prefer to have the eagles take over uh mitch trubisky and them uh, go ahead. uh pretty pretty much all the same um I, uh, I'm taking Seattle tonight. I'm taking Houston now, but I'm, I'm going to look out for T.Y. Hilton and uh, Jonathan Joseph over there because uh, I don't know if you guys saw T.Y. walking in with the clown mask. So that could be dangerous. Uh, I'm still going with the Texans, though. Tomorrow's games, the Chargers, who are my Super Bowl pick. They were my preseason one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going with them. So the Chargers I got winning tomorrow and the Super Bowl. I got the Eagles beating the Bears, and I've had some people tell me I'm crazy for that one, but you got a rookie head coach, a quarterback who's in a second year, really his his first full good year. I don't trust the Bears' offense yet like that. The, I know the defense is Super Bowl caliber, but I, I think if the offense had a couple more years in the playoffs under their belts and, you know, it, they were just more experienced group, I would take them. I'm going to take the defending Super Bowl champs, though, and the Eagles to win that game. Uh, for me, I'm going to take – today I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, a lot. Some people are going to say that it's hometown bias because I live right near Indianapolis. Like it's a 30-minute drive to the stadium for me. But the Colts have won five out of six with luck healthy against Houston. They're dominant in Houston um, They're with their, lo- their lone loss with Andrew Luck against them in the last six coming after Frank Reich went for it on fourth down in his own end. So, and so that game easily could have ended in a tie. It didn't because he went for it. Um, I love this Colts team. They're hitting their stride. Their offensive line's now fully healthy for the first time since week 11, so I'm taking them. Uh, then, let's see, the other game tonight is Seattle and Dallas. I'm going against the grain here. I'm actually going to take Dallas. Um, Seattle, Seattle on the – like, Seattle is it's kind of – they're kind of a weird beast, but – on the road, they're not as good. Dallas at home this year has been a dominant team at times. They shut down the Saints. Um, they Their running game, if they can get it going, is, can run all over Seattle. Um, so I'm taking Dallas there. I'm definitely taking Chicago tomorrow. Um, I'm not sold like on the offense completely. Like Trubisky has shown a lot of growth this year. Matt Nagy has been an innovative play caller. But it's that defense because that defense is elite. It's arguably the best in the NFL, one of the best in the NFL at creating turnovers. And Nick Foles, while he's been lights out at times, we've seen times in the past where he gets a little turnover prone. And I think if uh, I think this defense can generate some pressure. And then Chargers versus Ravens is a little interesting. Um, 
Chargers are having to go across the country, which I think could cause them some issues. I'm going to take them just because I'm more sold on the Chargers making plays, especially with being a bunch of, with a lot of veterans rather than Lamar Jackson being able to carry the Ravens. I don't think they're there yet. All righty. There you have it, everyone. Um, we covered a lot in today's episode. Uh, the coaching search for the Packers. Uh, we previewed some of the off season and even talked about uh, the first round of the wild card round of the playoffs. Um, we will be back uh, very soon, and thank you guys for listening. Again, I'm Brandon along with Adam Engage. This was Dairyland Talk. Everyone take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.